So this episode was the first one I recorded with my fancy new podcast microphone. However, at the beginning, I had it on the wrong setting. I had it on like a group setting, not for an individual person recording. And then partway through, which you'll hear, I realized I had the mic backwards. So still a work in progress. But anyway, this is an awesome episode. Allie talks about her miscarriage and also about her rainbow baby, which is just wonderful. So enjoy. Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. I need your help. Let's take this community to the next level. Here's what you can do. Number one, if you like this podcast, please hit pause and take a few seconds to rate it on iTunes. Number two, donate through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Number three, share your story. Go to calendly.com slash Melissa Whitman to schedule a time to chat with me. Or number four, join our Patreon page for over 30 more episodes you can't find anywhere else as well as exclusive content. Patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash miscarriage. All the details are linked in the show notes. Enjoy the episode and thanks for tuning in. Allie had a miscarriage at 16 weeks in October of 2017 that she passed with a DNC, but she's also here today to tell us about her rainbow baby, who is a beautiful 10-month-old, almost 10-month little girl. So Allie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So take us to the pre-rainbow, the beginning of... Was this your first pregnancy? Um, So just the one loss? Yeah. So first pregnancy, um, we had been trying for maybe a couple of months. Um, Nothing like wasn't tracking super specifically more than just, I just tracked my cycle. Um, So yeah, it was um, not a surprise, but like a pleasant, like, you know, a little bit of a surprise. You got to feel the joy. Yes. Like you got that, oh my gosh, positive pregnancy test. Right. Yeah. So it was like at a rough time. So we had lost, we had four dogs when we got married, like two each. um, And we had lost two of the four, like right before. Um, And so I actually took the, like I got the positive test the day after we had put one of our dogs down. So it was like an extra, like, we were like, it's the timing is right. You know, like it felt right and good. Um, So it was really nice. Um. Yeah. So it was first pregnancy. So I have, I literally had no idea how it goes with like the whole OB thing. Yeah. Um, It's kind of, you're just in a abyss of not knowing when do I call? What do I do? You would think that they like, you go every year, you would think that they would have some kind of something like for people that have like expressed that they're, you know, getting to the point where they might try, but no. Um, So I called and they were like, Oh no way too early. Um, the earliest you can come in is like eight or nine weeks. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. It feels like a really long time, but, um, so I went, I think it was around eight weeks that, um, that we went. And so it was just like the normal first, or I don't know if this is normal everywhere, but for my OB, it was just, they do a pap, they collect your urine, they order like an ultrasound at an outside lab. Um, and then just like answer any questions you have, but there's not a whole lot of anything that happens at that appointment. 
my husband was like, is this what happens when you come, like when you go to the OB? And I'm like, pretty much. Yeah. And he's like, weird. Yeah, <laughs> so I think men are just like, yeah, no. Um, yeah. And so they scheduled the ultrasound and it was like nine and a half weeks, which I guess the ultrasound tech like seemed annoyed a little bit, like that they sent me too early. I don't know. It was a little bit weird. Um, so I had, so I had the ultrasound. I couldn't really see anything that she was doing um, because like the screen was behind me. Um, and then at the end, she let me see a little bit. So everything looked fine at that scan. Okay. Um, so nine and a half weeks, there's a heartbeat. Everything looks on yeah. track. Okay. Yep. Um, and then I had my 12 week, like second appointment at the OB. And so I'd seen the nurse practitioner that I had seen for like years that I always would see. Um, so I saw her again at the 12 week appointment. Like she uh, got the the heartbeat on the Doppler like immediately as she placed it on my abdomen. So I was like, oh, okay, that must just be how it is. They sit it on there and they find it and that's it. Um, and those appointments are like super quick. Like unless you have questions, like nothing really happens. Um, so we also opted to do the NT scan, which was like the next week, I want to say. Like it was like we were still like 12 weeks, 12 weeks, five days or something like that when I did the NT scan. Everything was fine at that also. Um, so everything looked normal. Um, and then I went to my 16-week appointment. Um, and actually, my husband didn't come because the last few appointments had been like nothing to report, nothing exciting. So he was like, I don't have to come, do I? And I was like, I guess not. And how had you been feeling during this time? Fine. No like I had the, my symptoms had been the same the entire time. Um, I didn't have like super, um, intense morning sickness, but I, I still had what I did have. Um, and then I think looking back, I like remember having like one cramp, like one random that could have been anything. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. And then it stopped. And so it was like, Oh, I thought I like sat down funny or like, you know, got up funny. It was like when I had just gotten out of bed. Uh, but I had no, like, no indication that anything was different. Um, so, okay. so you yeah. go alone to this appointment. Yeah, I go alone. And at my um, OB, it's it was a one doctor practice for a really long time. Um, and they were adding a new doctor. And so they were like, we want everybody to meet the new doctor because nobody's met her. And I was like, okay. So they scheduled this appointment with her. And so I knew that. And I knew it was someone new. Um, and she came in, um, introduced herself and kind of, um, just like asked how I was doing. And then, um, she went to find the heartbeat with the Doppler. And as I like laid down, she was like, Oh, you're so, so tiny. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, I don't know. It's not, you're not very far along at 16 weeks, like not, not a whole lot of showing, you know? Yeah. Um, so I didn't really think anything of it, but I was like, Oh, okay. I guess. I don't know. Um, and she was having a hard time finding it. So she was kind of like searching around. And then um, she, my heart rate was kind of like racing. And so she could tell, obviously, because she was looking for yeah. uh, pulses. She could feel mine. And she was like, are you, are you nervous? Is like, do you feel like something's wrong? And I said, no, I'm nervous because you can't find a heartbeat. And she found it right away last time. And she's like, okay, I'm sure it's fine. She might just be, it might just be positioned differently. Um, let's go to the room with the ultrasound. So the, that, that room that I was in didn't have 
an ultrasound machine. Um, so we went into the other room and she turned it on and it was again behind my head. So I couldn't see anything, but she was totally silent. Um, and like took kind of a while. And so I knew that there was, you know, that there was something wrong, obviously. And so I'm like trying to hold it together, not doing a great job. Um, and so she just, and I guess it, I guess it was like kind of a blessing in disguise that it was the OB. Cause I think if it was somebody else, it, they may not have said anything like yeah, they may have, have made me wait it. Yeah. So yeah. So she asked me if anybody was in the waiting room with me and I said, no. And she said, I'm really sorry. Um, I don't see a heartbeat. Oh. Um, yeah. So I was just like, I didn't even know how to feel. It just kind of feels like everything kind of like drops. You just don't really know. It was just not something that I was expecting. Right. You know, because um, it's one of those things like now I know that it's super common. But even if I did know that, then like I, I probably would have felt the same. But it just kind of like hits you in the face like, OK, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so she left she she left and said she would be back because she was going to order like a stat ultrasound at a at a different lab. They didn't do like official ultrasounds there, I guess. I don't know. Uh, she didn't really, I, or maybe I didn't hear the explanation of what that meant, but they were going to order it at the same lab that I had had my other, like my first ultrasound. Okay. Um, so she left me in there. Um, I was just sitting there trying to get a hold of my husband um, and he wasn't answering his phone, oh. um, which was not uncommon. Like he like leaves it random places, but I knew he was supposed to, like he was at home Um and it was right after the iPhone update came out with like the do not disturb while you're driving. And so he had that turned on. So it doesn't even ring, I guess. We've turned it off since because I was like, we're not leaving that on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, just don't answer it if you don't. But like if someone calls five times, you should answer it. Um, yeah. So he just didn't hear it. He was in the car, like going to get breakfast or something like that. Um, so I'm sitting in there trying to get a hold of him, trying to get a hold of him. And she comes back. And walks me to the front and she tells the, one of the girls at the front desk, um, what they needed to call about. And then I was just like, kind of standing there. Like I didn't know what, where to go or what to do, you know? So I went in the waiting room, but there's like, it's full of pregnant women basically at all times. Um, and so I sat down and I was like, nope, I'm not going to sit in here. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't sit in here and watch, you know, other people be fine. Um, so I went in the hallway and I kept trying to call my husband and then I just called my mom um, and she answered on the first ring um, and she happened to be home from work that day, which was just like a random, it was a random Friday and she had just taken it off like for no reason. Um, so she, and she lived right near the office. So she came and just called, tried to call my husband over and over on the way there and finally got through to him. Um, so they both came. And I, my, they went inside to see what was going on and what I was supposed to do. Um, Cause I didn't know, I didn't hear them tell me if they were going to call me and tell me where to go. Like I had, I had no idea. Um, I was just kind of frazzled. And so I went, I ended up going outside because in my OB's office, like the medical office, it's two OBs right across the hallway from each other. So I figured that was a bad place for me to stand. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was just, like, too much. Um, So they ended up getting me a stat ultrasound 
at um, one of the labs that was like a little bit further away, like not super far, like two cities away. But um, so we had to drive there right then. But they told me I had to drink 30 ounces of water or whatever they make you do, Um, which is not easy to do when you're like crying and trying to like get a hold of yourself. Uh Um, So they gave me like two little cups of water, which was not enough. And I'm like a full on rule follower. Like I'm super like, it's just like part of my personality. I like, if someone gives me a rule, I'm going to follow it. So we stopped at Starbucks to get another bottle of water. <laughs> Cause I was like, well, if it, if they're going to make me drink more water sitting there, I might as well do it on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then we go inside the lab. We sat there for quite a while waiting. Cause I don't know that they really had time for me, but they squeezed us in. Um, and is your mom still with you? Is it just, it's you? Um, me and my husband, okay. my mom, my mom didn't come. Um, she went home after that. And okay. then I had her, I had her tell, um, I think, I think I don't know who it was that was waiting for, like, they knew I was going to the doctor and I had her tell like my sister okay. um, and my dad, um, my parents aren't together, but I just didn't want to be the one that have to like, she started basically the the telephone tree. Oh, for um, sure. For me. Yeah. yeah. Let, let her handle that. Yeah. So you're waiting, for the waiting at the lab. Yep. Um, and so I'm like shaking at this point cause I'm like have chugged a bunch of water and I'm just trying not to lose it in the waiting room. Um, they finally call me back. They didn't let my husband come back with me. Really? Yeah. Even knowing that it was a loss. Yeah. And I think that might've been why, I don't know. It was really, and I was like, really? I don't know. And I don't know in that situation, like now looking back now, if you, if I had pushed for it, if they would have let me, it was really strange to me. Um, but it must just be their policy. I don't know. It was really weird. And like, just kind of a bummer. I just like, okay. So I have to see her alone again. Super bummer. Yeah. Um, so they like had me lay down on the table and she actually, my bladder was too full. So I had to go empty my bladder and I was like, Oh cool. So I did that for nothing. Um, (laughs) it's just like something else to be mad about. It was, you know, just like transferring the anger. Um, so I came back and she, so the, the tech said nothing the entire time, like the entire time, other than like repositioning me or like needing me to move over or something like never said a word to me. Um, which I think is kind of common when I hear like other stories or read other stories, like they're not allowed to say anything, which I don't know why at that point it mattered, but she didn't say anything. Yeah. I think it's hard because, and now they're sitting in the dark all day, so it's not great, but I feel like they take that. You can't say anything and just completely like pull their energy into themselves. And they don't even like, there's not even a gesture or a, right. And maybe it's to protect nothing. themselves. Like, I don't know. Like that's maybe it, if maybe they don't want to be get emotional, like, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea what that's like to be that person. I don't want to be that person either. You know what I mean? So totally, I wasn't like yeah, angry but, at her, but it's just really strange. And they feel so alone. Like so yeah. much more alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, they didn't let anybody come back with me. So it was like double. I was just like, okay. Um, yeah. So then it was done and they said that my doctor would call me. So we just went home um, and I just, I had like, I think my boss was on vacation that day. So I had just like messaged some of my coworkers that I wasn't coming in. Um, 
they didn't ask any questions, so I was fine. Um, and then my doctor called me like later that afternoon and just couldn't, I guess it was to confirm like the size. Um, and it was based on the measurements. Um, the baby was like 13 or 14 weeks. So it was like probably right after my last ultrasound. Um, and I remember being like, I don't understand. Like I just had, and I think the dates were messed up in my head. And I thought that I had had an ultra or had like the appointment at 13 weeks, but it was ended up being, it was at 12 weeks. And so I was just like asking questions and I was like, okay, so what do I do next? Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, and she, it was a Friday. So she said, she gave me like my options. So she said, you can wait and see if anything happens. Um, you can take a medication. I don't think she explained what the medication was to me to pass it like at home. And then, or you can elect for a DNC. I think they called it a DNE though. Yeah. Think, yeah. Um, which I think she called it a DNE. And then when I was Googling, obviously I was on Dr. Google figuring out, um, which is probably not a good choice, but I don't know. I didn't have anybody. Yeah, to ask. yeah exactly. Um, so I got like confused. I'm like, I don't know what a DNE is. Like, why is everything else say DNC? It was super weird. Um, so she, um, she said that I could come in the next day because they have like clinic appointments with the nurse practitioners on Saturdays. So she said I could come in that day and discuss the options and like have someone start the scheduling process or I could wait till Monday and come back in and see her. Um, so after I hung up, um, my husband and I just talked about it and I was, I was just kind of, I had already been Googling obviously because it had been like four hours or five hours since I had been there. Um, and I was like, I don't really want to, I clearly don't want to wait it out because I've had zero symptoms at this point. And if it's been two like, plus weeks, yeah, like three weeks at this point could be, um, I don't like, that doesn't sound like a good option to me. Um, so we decided basically that we thought that it would be the best to do the DNE, DNC. So I called back and made an appointment for Saturday because um, I guess they, they don't like start scheduling things like that over the phone. They like needed another consult. I don't know. Hmm. Um, so I saw a nurse practitioner um, and we, we both went to that appointment. Um, so we basically just, she just explained all of the options to us. Okay. And then also, um, and I asked her, I said, if it were you, what would you do? And she's like, well, this, this exact thing happened to me. Oh, and wow. I chose the DNC. Um, and she's like, because I, I have a low pain tolerance. So I just didn't want to. Um, and she said that she said it was up to me, but she was like, that's, that's what I did. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, if it were me, but she was just like, it really did happen to me. Yeah. Um, which I guess was like slightly comforting that she was giving that information. Cause that's where I was leaning anywhere. Anyway, sorry. Um, so we chose to do that. Um, so she, but then she dropped the bomb that my, like the main, so the, the OB that I saw the day, uh, previously, she was new. So she had just started like in September and this was October 5th or 6th, I want to say. Um, she had started at the end of September. So I don't think that she was doing surgeries on her own yet. Um, so we had to wait like a week and a half for them to schedule it. And I was like, wait, what? 
um, because the other OB, like the main OB at the practice was on vacation. Um, so I was like, I don't understand how that could be like, you're going to make me wait a week and a half. And they were like, and I'm like, I don't, is that a good idea? And she said, it, it would, it'll be fine. Like it, it, it should be fine. She's like, unless you start bleeding or something and you start bleeding a lot, you should be fine. And I was like, yeah, like physically that's fine. But so we scheduled it for the first that we could. Um, and then I, we basically just had to wait. Um, so yeah. So I, so the uh, week and a half. Yeah. You had to, so, sorry, I just flip my mic around. I think I had it backwards okay. <laughs> <laughs> using this new mic. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, okay. So yeah. it's a Saturday and they're literally like, okay, you've been waiting almost three weeks, but we're going to make you wait another week and a half. There wasn't an option of like, you could go to this hospital. You could do that. Like that was so the I, only BNC option you were given. Yeah. Yes. I didn't mm. ask. I was like, can I just go, ha-, you know, like see, I guess now I know like there are doctors on call like that I could have, but they didn't give me that option. And I didn't think to ask. I was just like, that's it. That's my only option. And she said, yes. And so we were like, kind of like, oh, okay, like we don't know what we're doing. They do is what well, I yeah. was assuming. You but... them and you're in a complete fog of like my yeah. world just crashed down. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you scheduled it. Scheduled it. So it was scheduled for a week and a half, like October 18th. So it was Saturday and it was not the coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after, which felt like an eternity at that point. Um, yeah. So we went home. And, and then did you go back to work? Did you like, how are you feeling? Um, I did. So I, I mean, I felt physically fine, sort of, I guess. Like, I don't know that I knew at that point how I felt physically. I mentally I didn't feel so good. Right. Um, but so I, um, I emailed my boss, which I should have waited till Monday when I knew she was back, but I, I just emailed her and they had given me like a, like an off work slip, you know, they do that for when you're um, like, when you get to 38 weeks or whatever, 36 weeks, they give you like the, the paper. It was like the exact same thing they gave me um, later on. But so I, I sent it to her and I said, and I told her what happened because I had already told, um, I'd already told her and my coworkers like that I was close with um, at like 11 weeks, I want to say um, that I was pregnant. So they knew, um, so I sent it to her and I was like, if you, if it's okay with you, I'd like to work from home during this time. So I have something to do. Like, I don't, I was like, I don't want to go into the office. Cause I wasn't, I was like kind of afraid at that point that now that I knew um, that it might like start, like it might actually be, cause it was like a missed miscarriage. Right. But I went, I was afraid that if I had to wait, a, you know, a week and a half that it would like start happening. Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't, I drive like an hour each way. Um, and I was like, I don't want to be stuck that far away if some, you know, if something happens or if I start feeling crappy, you know? So and she said that was fine. Um, so I worked from home. Um, while, while I waited basically, which was a good choice. I think for me, I think that I would have just like, you know, wallowed the entire time, which I did some of it, but I, at least I had something to like focus on. Um, and I didn't have to think about like being behind at work when I got back. Um, yeah. So I worked from home until 
that next Wednesday. Um, yeah, so it was just kind of like, I don't really remember what I did or what I was thinking during that time. Like I, I just going through the motions. Yeah. I like did my work. I watched like I binged watch things on Netflix. Oh like, my gosh. <laughs> the best thing to do at that point. I just like needed like trashy TV. I like watched this trashy Canadian, um, like soap opera. I don't know if it's a soap opera, but it was like some horse ranch show. And people are like, what are you watching? And I'm like, I don't know. I like it. It was just like something completely opposite of what was happening in my life. Um, yeah. So, and nothing really, I think it was not until like a couple days before the surgery was scheduled. Um, I started spotting. And so I was kind of emotional about that because I was afraid that it was like I had waited this long and then I was just going to have to go through it like yeah. at home, mm-hmm. um, which at that point I just like didn't want to do. I just wanted it to be like done. Like I yeah. just wanted someone to to finish it for me. Um, yeah. So. So you were spotting like just a little bit. Did it? Yeah. Anything? It didn't. It was like if I was like up and about a lot, it would be like a little bit more, but it wasn't like I didn't have any pain really. Um, it was just like, it was just a little bit, um, I was afraid, like I was terrified that it was going to just keep increasing, but, um, it didn't, it was fine. Um, and then it came to surgery day. And so, so that October was like October 18th or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they had me go in, I want to say we got, I didn't have to go super early. Um, I want to say my check-in was at like nine. But I don't think that I ended up, um, they like, you know, you can't eat, um, can't drink anything. So I was waiting for, I don't, I don't know that they took me back until like four or five hours later. Um, so that was a bummer. Um, so we were just hanging out. Everybody that was in like the outpatient surgery, like every bed next to me in this room, like would, had changed like two or three times by the time they called us. Oh my gosh. One of the nurses had like gone on lunch and came back and she was like, you guys, what happened? Why are you still here? And I was like, yeah. Cause she had checked us in like four hours earlier. Oh my gosh. Um, what? Even she was surprised that we were there. Um, yeah. So, and then they like, I had never, I had only ever had surgery once before and it was like knee surgery. Um, and it wasn't like at a hospital. It was at like an outpatient facility. So I had never really gone through this process, but. Um, it's just like, it's like the most uncomfortable bed you've ever been in. Like you're just sitting there for forever. Um, and they took us into like the pre-op, like waiting area, another room where there was only a few other people. Um, and it's just kind of, you had to, I had, because I waited so long, there were so many different nurses. I had to explain myself like over and over why I was there. Um, cause everybody asks you why you're, why you're there. Do you know what procedure you're having? Like, they don't really read the chart. I guess they just, I don't know if that's a normal thing, but I was tired of explaining it at that point. Um, the nurses in the pre-op waiting area were super nice. Um, one of the guys, he was uh, adopted and he was telling us about how he was like, 
I'm really sorry that you guys are going through this, like, but I hope that you try again. Or you, you know, if you really want to start a family, I'm adopted. And I was like, it was like a weird thing to like bring up, but it was kind of nice. Um, it was trying um, to relate. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, so then my doctor came in. So the original OB and then the OB that I had seen that day was also there. So they both came and talked to us um, beforehand and the anesthesiologist, all that stuff. And then I had the DNC. Um, and the only part of that was a little bit strange when I was like waking up in post-op. I could hear the nurse like on the phone. I hadn't like opened my eyes yet, but I could hear her on the phone um, telling whoever she was telling that um, the doctor that had done the surgery was the original OB that I had seen. Like I heard her say her name and they were like, Oh yeah, it's, it says on the paperwork that it was the other one, but it ended up being her. So then I was like upset again. Cause I'm like, Oh, so I waited a week and a half, but it was, I didn't need to, I didn't, he didn't even do the surgery, <laughs> um, which was super annoying. Um, huh. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like, she wasn't, like cleared to do them on her own and he just had to be there. I don't know. I never really asked because I was at that point, I was like, I'm just going to find another OB. I think I'm done. Yeah. It's um, going to be more upsetting. Yeah. Which I didn't end up doing. Um, I ended up going back to the same one after, but it ended up being fine. But I was just like, I don't know if I'm annoyed just because to be annoyed or if I, it's like a weird, like it was actually strange. I think a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Being annoyed or whatever you're feeling in that moment is so completely fine. But yeah, that is a little odd. It was strange. Um, Yeah. And then I didn't, they didn't really explain to me, but I heard the nurse also say that I was almost done with my Pitocin. So I guess they gave me Pitocin to like contract my uterus again, which I didn't know was going to happen. There isn't a whole lot of like explanation all through this process, but um, I think they just don't have a good, good process for it at all which is weird to me because I assume that it happens a lot at every practice um yeah so the nurse in like the post-op area was super super nice and super sweet she explained everything like in the discharge to me a lot she was the only one that explained pretty much anything to me um so we went home um ate finally that day dinner was the first meal I had, which was nice. Um, yeah. And then it wasn't, my recovery wasn't bad at all. It was, um, I had some bleeding, but it wasn't like bad at all. Like I expected it to be a whole whole lot worse than it ended up being. Um, and it was only for a few days. Um, yeah. And the pain wasn't bad either. So I was just kind of, I think ready to move on. And it was nice that the physical part of it wasn't terrible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And what were you feeling like emotionally in those days after? Um, I felt like a little bit of relief um, at first, I think. Um, But then I think it just felt like sad again. Um, Like you feel like it felt like the waiting period was like, I just wanted it to be over with. And then I felt a little bit of relief. And then I realized like, oh, that's not how it works. Like you're not it's not something to, you know, get over, you know? So then it was like, okay. Um, and I think my husband and I, obviously everybody grieves differently, but we had like completely different, not completely different, but like we just didn't process it the same way. Um, so he didn't like talk about it a whole lot. Um, 
And he would just like go outside and work in the yard and like, you know, do different things than I did. Um, which actually ended up working out because he finally was the one that was like, we need to stop the Netflix, like go outside, walk the dog, like do something else. Um, which was good because I needed, you forget like how much you need the sunlight until you don't see it for a few days. Yeah. And um, physical movement and fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it ended up being good in the end, but I remember thinking like, I remember being mad that he wasn't having the same reaction that I was. And so then later I realized like, that's not how it works. Um, but in the beginning it was like kind of hard because nobody was having the same, same process or processing the emotions the same way as I was, which will always be true. I think no matter how anybody processes grief, it's always different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I, so I stayed home that like a week um, from work and was off work. My boss actually had um, reached out to our HR team and um, had, they gave me like the like bereavement um, leave, like a week off. Good. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't ask for that. I just was going to take PTO and just not be there. Um, but yeah, she was like, oh no, I'm, I'm rejecting your PTO because you're having this um, <laughs> week so that was really nice I didn't even know we had that just in general because I had never had to use it um so it was nice that she she thought to do that to reach out for me good yeah so you had that week and uh-huh. then yeah the bleeding's slowing down or stopping you're going back to work like mm-hmm. what is this transition like because we know that you end up trying again yeah so, so what is that in between like it was, I had a really hard time. I felt like super emotional about going back to work. And I feel like in the beginning, I I felt like I wish that I hadn't told anyone that I was expecting. I don't know why. Like, I feel like it was more like the feeling awkward and making other people feel awkward Yeah. thing. I don't really care now, but I think that men, I really did. And it felt like I didn't want to like make anybody uncomfortable, which is stupid, (laughs) but that's how I felt. And I think it's kind of common. Um, Yeah. So I had a few coworkers, like my coworkers are super sweet. I have a really nice work family. Um, So I I shouldn't have been like worried about it, but I just, I was, Um, I had a lot of people after the fact, tell me that like they had had the same, you know, they had had a miscarriage and I'm like, why does no one, like I had no, I thought no one I knew had ever had a miscarriage. Like I knew one person maybe. Um, but after I had like posted something on social media, um, on, I think it was like pregnancy and infant loss awareness day, like right before I was going to oh, have yeah, my mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I had posted something and so many people that I know and that I work with had like come forward and said that they had had a miscarriage too. And I was like, this is crazy that no one says anything, you know? Um, yeah. And I think it was around then, or like maybe when I was going back to work that I was like looking for something, I listened to podcasts in the car. Um, and I think that's when I, I found your podcast. Um, and it was just really nice to have like someone, some other, um, you know, perspectives like that are going through the same thing. Cause it's really hard to find anything even online, like 
that doesn't feel like just like a generalization. Um, like not, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of things that feel like a real story to me. And a story from beginning to end also. Right. Exactly. Um, so it was really nice. I'm really thankful that you started this and that it's continued and getting to the point where, you know, you allow people to schedule interviews with you. It's like super nice, super full circle for me. (laughs) Good. Oh, I'm so glad. That's so good. So I'm so glad the podcast helped your healing journey, just like um, so many people listening. And at what point did you start to feel like, okay, maybe I want to try again? Um, I had gone like back to, I think they do like a, they did a six week appointment as if it was like a postpartum appointment, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, like post-surgery, post-op appointment. Um, and they had told us to wait two cycles. Um, and I wasn't sure that I was ready, like, right away. Um, my husband was. He was like, I think we should just try. Um, so that post-op appointment was kind of awful. So I was, like, upset all over again. Because um, they basically, like, don't have a process for it. And they give you, like, the postpartum, like, survey to fill out. Um, where it's, like, I think it's, like, a, like a PPD um, screener. So it's asking you about the baby. It's asking, it asked like pregnancies. It had like, you know, yeah. Some of the questions like felt that way. I don't really remember if the, the paper thing was, but like when I went to the back and they're taking my um, blood pressure and stuff, like they knew at a normal appointment, I had to explain myself to every, every like tech and every nurse. And I was just like, no, like I'm not here for a postpartum appointment. Like, I don't know how many times I have to say it. I think I snapped at one of the girls because I was just like, it was the third time and I was like mad. So were they asking, like, how how were they not getting the point? What were they saying to you that you knew they didn't know? Were they asking oh, about one of them, Were they? Yeah, yes. Oh one of them, God. like, I think more than one of them asked. They were like, oh, did you have a C-section or did you have a vaginal delivery? And I was like, neither like I did the first time I didn't know how to answer I was just like what like why are they asking me that and yeah the second time I was like if you could just read the chart like I told her I was like I had a DNC so uh, you shouldn't be asking me those questions yeah I got upset (laughs) the one oh as you should yeah um and I told the doctor when she came in I was and she asked me how I was doing whatever um, and she asked me like physically and then she asked me how I was doing emotionally. And I was like, well, I felt okay today until I had to come here and have people ask me over and over the wrong questions. And she apologized and whatever. And I said, there, there should be a process. Like there should be something like 100%. this happens to a lot more than just me. And I know that this exact thing has happened to more people in this office because it's clear that there's no, like they have, there's no process. Yeah. Um, Ugh. yeah. So Boo. yeah. Okay. So that was six weeks. Yeah. And so, uh huh. And so I, we went on, uh, I had like, it was Thanksgiving was when I had like my first cycle and it was awful. It was like worse than my post-op bleeding, like way worse. They told me that it could be. Um, so it was like super uncomfortable, super painful. I was like having everybody over to my house for Thanksgiving, which was a mistake in hindsight. I shouldn't have done that. Um, So yeah. um, 
after Thanksgiving, not that Thanksgiving was terrible. I was just uncomfortable for most of it. I kind of was like my birthday's right after Thanksgiving and then Christmas. Um, I decided that I just didn't want to part. Like I didn't want to celebrate with everyone. I was kind of being like a little bit of a Scrooge. Um, My sister-in-law, my brother's wife, announced her pregnancy, I think shortly after Thanksgiving or like beginning of December. Mm -hmm. Um, And in like sort of an insensitive way, I thought. It was in like a group text and I was like, couldn't get away from like, the responses to it. Um, and that's how you first found out you didn't, yeah, there was no, like, no, warning. just want to let you know beforehand. Oh. No. Yeah. Um, and I think I was like a little overly sensitive about it, but she had miscarried before. So she knows. Um, so it was like a little bit of a, a pain point for me. Um, and I had to say later, I was like, can you, can you please not add me to group text messages about things like that? That'd be great. Cause I'm like, I didn't. And later I, I obviously didn't express my like congratulations to them at that point, which was kind of selfish, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't join in on it at that point. Um, so I congratulated them later separately, um, not on a group text. Um, yeah. And so I just didn't, I went on vacation for my birthday. Um, we went to Sedona, we took a road trip to Sedona, um, with our dog and, I decided to start trying again. So it had only been one cycle, but we tried anyway. Um, yeah. And it first try, we got pregnant. Oh, that energy of Sedona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what my husband said. He was like, see, it's magical. Oh, um, Texas. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't actually, I took a pregnancy test Christmas Eve, I want to say. Um, and it was negative. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. We only tried, you know, the one time. But I guess it was just a little too early maybe Um, because then I took another one on the 29th and it was positive. So, yeah. Wow. Crazy. Okay. So you see a positive Mm -hmm. after a loss. What are your first two thoughts? first two I was like well because I the second I saw the negative so I had already like kind of written it okay got it a few days before right but then the I took another one and I was like the first thought was oh geez I had a spiked eggnog on Christmas probably shouldn't have done that (laughs) that was probably the first thing that ran through my head which I don't know you know um yeah and then um and then I was kind of just like didn't know how to be happy about it like it was like a I was just anxious I think at that point oh yeah yeah um so I ended up start I started like a separate Instagram account to like document certain things because I wasn't I still wasn't comfortable like sharing it that or that that early Mm -hmm. I shared it with a couple of people but not like a whole lot um And so it was just a way for me to like write down my thoughts, which I think helped. Um, So I just had like, you know, and, and I, I wanted to have, I didn't have any like memories really like hard, hard memories of the last pregnancy. I had like the ultrasounds. um, And then I had like a gift that someone had given me and a card, but like, I didn't have anything else. I had never really like posted it on social media or celebrated it any, in any way, you know? 
outside of just like between us. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to have that, even if this one were to end at a loss, I wanted to have something. Um, So that was the reason behind that. And I think that helped me a lot. Um, Just kind of get my thoughts out. And like, kind of when you write things down, like sometimes when things are like irrational in your head, like if you write it down it you're like, Oh, that's not how I should feel at this moment. Like it's, it was nice for me to be able to do that. Um, yeah. So you decided to go back to the same OB office. I did. So there's not like a whole lot of options in my area, maybe just for my, um, insurance. I don't know. There aren't very many options and there weren't very many that were taking new patients. Um, so I decided to go back. They have two different offices. They're just like one city away from each other. So I decided that I would just make all of my appointments in the other office because I didn't want to go back to the one and like walk through the same waiting room and this sit in the same room. Like I just didn't want to have Especially to those first couple, Yeah. Those first couple months. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I went, I made the appointment for the other office, my first appointment. I think it was like just before nine weeks, eight weeks, maybe. Um, it was on a Friday. My husband didn't come for some reason, but it was just like a routine, whatever, like the normal appointment. Um, cause it was so early and they didn't have to do any of the other, like they didn't have to do a pap or any of the other screenings. Cause I had just had them recently. Um, but it was the same OB. So I saw the OB this time, not a nurse practitioner. Um, and she was like, Oh, she's like, wait, it's really hurt. It's, it happened really quickly. And I said, Oh yeah. And I was like, I didn't follow that rule of the two cycles. Sorry. And she's like, <laughs> she was like, it's fine. Um, I think we're going to do about it now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and she, and everything, like when we had asked about testing previously, they all say um, you have to wait till you have three, which is, you know, ridiculous for the, I don't rule. understand it. Like, I just, I don't understand that rule, but it's such a weird, and it's such a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you have to have two more for that to count. I don't know. Like, that's how it feels. But yeah. Um, but she was just like, normally we don't do more testing. But um, she's she sent me for like some extra blood work. Um, she's like, I want to see like maybe if you have um, maybe a blood clotting disorder. Like some she. I think that was like the main. She was on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. good. Which was nice. Yeah. Um, And I was like, and it kind of like made me feel better about going back to that office and like, you know, um, because I didn't, I didn't know how I felt about that doctor just in general. I was like, I don't know how I feel like it was like the first time I met her. Like I couldn't give a good, like, you know, I didn't know how I really felt. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was nice. Um, Yeah. So it ended up though that, so I went to the, I got my lab, uh, my blood draws like that same day on the way home from that appointment. Um, but then I started bleeding the next day. Oh, um, no. and yeah. how, how far along were you? Like eight or nine weeks, oh, nine weeks. I think. Okay. And so I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, well then this is it. Like, you know, over. couldn't yeah. be that lucky. Yeah. Um, So I called like the on-call number and she called me back and I don't think she realized it was me. Like I don't, when I was talking to her, I don't think she realized it was me until I came in on Monday. So she told me, so it was like bright red and it was kind of a lot. And I was like, Oh, well that's it. Like I was just like, um, but um, so we went in on Monday and then she was like, Oh, you're the one that called me. And I was like, yeah, but I had to go to the office that I didn't want to go to. 
and they put me in the same room that I had been in at my previous 16 week appointment. And I was like, deja vu basically. Um, so I had just at that point just gotten to like, I, I just knew that it was done. Like in my head, I knew it was done. Um, so she did like an exam and she said that she saw a little bit of blood, but not a lot because I had stopped bleeding at that point um, by Monday. Um, and that she said everything looked fine. Like my cervix was closed and everything. So they took me to the ultrasound room, same, like same exact process. And so more deja vu for me. And so I can't see the screen, but my husband can see the screen and they're not saying anything, but it didn't feel like as heavy as the time before I would say. Okay. Cause he saw it before I did. He could see a heartbeat. Um, and so could she, and she was just like, everything looks fine. And she's like, there's some shadows. So I wonder if there's a blood clot of some kind. Um, but so she was going to send me for an ultrasound, like a separate ultrasound at a lab. Um, and so I still wasn't sure, like she didn't seem super optimistic. Um, so she was just like, we'll just look at the other ultrasound and see and they can date the pregnancy and make sure that everything looks on track and see what, what could cause that. And so we walk out to the front and then she comes back out and she walks to the front with us after she had just said, like, there's nothing to be done. Just wait and go to your ultrasound. She was like, Oh, I think I'm going to prescribe you progesterone. Um, and I was like, okay. And I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. Um, and she said, it's not proven, but she's like, it can't hurt and we can just try it. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I started progesterone that day. Um, and then I also started like a low dose aspirin after my, so my ultrasound, they, they called it a, um, subcoronic, uh, hemorrhage is what they saw, but the, everything else looked fine. And they told me it was sm- quote unquote small when I was Googling after that point, everybody gets like a measurement. I never got a measurement. I have no idea. They just said it was small, Okay, but you could see it. Um, yeah. So I had bleeding like on and off for like probably three weeks, two or three weeks. So anytime I did like anything more than just like, you know, walking to my car and driving to work, like I, I would bleed. Um, so it was just kind of nerve wracking. Like I was just anxious all the time, basically. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like you're already going to be anxious. Yeah. Pregnancy after a loss and then you're bleeding. Yeah. So you're taking the progesterone? I took progesterone okay. and like a low dose aspirin after okay. they diagnosed the the hemorrhage because they said, because that's a blood clot to just kind of, so I just took one a day of like 81 milligrams. Did your blood um, work show a clotting disorder? No. No. Okay. So- um, I had done it as a normal, like it wasn't a stat test. Um, so we didn't get the results until like a week later, like they don't rush it. Um, but it didn't show anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But there was a blood clot. So you're taking yeah. it. Okay. Um, and so they were just like, we do nothing differently. Like they were like, not, there's nothing, okay. nothing different to do. Um, and she put me on like modified bed rest for like one week, but she said after that, it's fine. But since when I did anything extra I would bleed um I just kind of took it easy like I didn't do a whole lot of anything um I went to work um um but like I didn't I didn't walk the dog like I didn't do any of my normal stuff yeah Um, you knew what your body needed yeah so so when was your next appointment then uh 12 weeks 
12 weeks. Yeah. Um, so I did the, the NT scan again. Um, and they still saw the, the blood clot and it looked big to me. And so I guess the tech wasn't going to say anything. Um, but I brought it up. I said, do you, do you see it? And she said, yeah, I see it. She's like, I'll, I'll print it out and I'll do like an extra shot for your doctor. And I said, okay. And I was like, does that look big to you? And she was like, no, not really. <laughs> but like, she didn't say a whole lot else. It was nice of her to say that she saw it. Um, yeah. But everything else looked normal. Um, okay. Yeah. And then, um, like, I felt, I started to feel a little bit better about it, like around, I would say like 18 weeks. So I had had my 16 week appointment. Okay. So past that. Past previous the, threshold. Yes. Um, that was the one I think that I was waiting for to feel a little better. I don't know why, um, but I felt like it was just like, cause it totally makes sense. Yeah. Just like getting past that point was like, felt like a little small victory. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I announced on like social media and to my coworkers and stuff, I had announced to like close friends and stuff already and my family. Um, but I announced on social media at 18 weeks um, and then I had my anatomy scan at 20 weeks and it was, the blood clot was gone. So everything Great. looked normal at that point. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was just like some random makeups that like made me a little bit nervous. So the, the tech that put in the measurements on the anatomy scan, like, I don't know if she flubbed the numbers or she was doing the wrong thing, but my doctor like panicked a little bit because it, basically made it seem like the baby was really small. Um, so she sent us for like an extra different scan. Mm-hmm. She was fine. Like a growth okay. scan, but she was fine. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, it was basically normal after that. Um, my niece ended up getting um, fifth disease um, oh. and exposing me to it. Which no. I guess, yeah. Which we didn't know that's what she had. And I don't see them. I don't always see really them prestigious. this often. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they think that my brother-in-law got it, but it was like much milder. But I had seen them like three weekends in a row. Around that time. Oh my gosh. So she, cause when I, cause my sister called me and she was like, the pediatrician said that you should call your OB. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm sure it's fine. My sister was nervous. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sure it's fine. Like, I don't know. I'd never heard of it. And my mom had never heard of it. And I'm like, oh, that might be bad because that means I didn't get it when I was a kid, right? Um, so I um, I started Googling it, which was a bad choice, and I was getting nervous. <laughs> but when I told my – I had a, an appointment already, like, the next Monday. So I told my OB, and the, her face, when I told her, she was just like, oh, geez. And I was like, oh, is it really bad? And she's like, well, it could be really bad. And she's like, all right. And so she sent me to the perinatal center to get like a, they did a scan to like make sure all the blood flow was correct. Okay. Um, And it was fine. They made me do it one more time, like a week later, just to make sure. Okay. Um, But the the doctor there was like, I've hardly ever seen where even when people get it, that it, she's like, it it hardly ever happens, but when it does happen, it, it could be really bad. So that's why they take the precaution. But so we did those two scans, which at that point I was just like happy to be able to see what was going on. Yeah. Um, an extra time. It's a little bonus. Like, oh, yeah, a little bit. Hey there. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And then that was the last thing. So like the, the day that I told my OB that they couldn't get me in at the perinatal center. So she told me to go to labor and delivery to get a non-stress test. But when I got there, they were like, she told you that you could come today. And I was like, yeah. And she's, they were like, oh no, you would have to be like admitted to get that. Cause we don't do those on today. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so they admitted me and did a non-stress test and everything was fine. And then, um, they had me do another one like the following week just to like confirm that everything looked fine and that the baby was being super stubborn um, and not moving very much. How far along were you at this point? Um, I want to say I was like 32 weeks, 30 some, I don't know, it's fuzzy at this point, probably okay. 32 to 34 weeks, I would say we're getting okay. toward the end. Um, And so she was super stubborn. So then I was on like a regimen of going every week because of the first, the one time that she was stubborn. It was really weird, but I was like, it's fine. Like I'll go once a week and hear, see her to make sure she's growing fine. Mm -hmm. Cause I think because they had like ordered a growth scan and then an NST, like I was on some kind of protocol from there, even though it seemed like everything was fine. Okay. Um, and then after 36 weeks, I had to go twice a week, even though it was fine every time. Um, so I went to labor and delivery a lot because that's where the NSTs were. <laughs> so yeah. I knew everybody, which yeah. was nice. I knew everybody there. I knew how to get in. Like it was like not scary when it was time. Um, yeah. And nothing ever happened. Nothing was ever wrong. Um, she was just a week late. Um and I went into labor on my own, and then she came really quickly. How far along were you? 41 weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right on time for a first Yeah. First That's labor and delivery. Okay. Yeah. So I was, like, terrified that they would send me home. I heard so many stories, like, people going too early. Uh-huh. So I kind of wrote it out at home for, like, you know, it was, like, 11 p.m. when my contraction started, and then I didn't go to the hospital till 7 a.m., and it was, thank goodness for phones and apps because I had like a contraction tracking app yep had I not had that I may not have made it on time because my husband husband finally looked at because I woke him up and I said it might be time like soon and then he looked at it and he was like we need to go now what are you doing and I was like what (laughs) and I'm like no it's not exactly this many minutes and he was like no look at this he was like what is wrong with you and I'm like I don't know (laughs) so I was like seven centimeters when I got there that's awesome Yeah. So it wasn't very long, but there was like a, there were no rooms and no delivery rooms. I was in like this weird triage room that was like, it looked like, it felt like a closet. It was really small. Oh my gosh. And then we stayed in there for, uh, no, they ended up getting, it was too small. Shoot. The doctor was like, no, this room is too small. Um, They waited for like a little, it was like, it felt like a mini OR, the delivery room that we were in. Okay. Um, normally they do it in like everything's in the same room. Like you're in a room and then you deliver and then recover and do like stay, but yeah. they didn't have any of those. Um, so we it's stayed in a triage. Full moon. Was it a full moon? It was. And it was like Labor Day weekend was oh, the day before, a couple days before. Shoot, yeah, yeah. September 5th. So it was like Labor Day weekend, but on Labor Day, I was there on the day after Labor Day, I think for an NST and there was nobody there. There was one, they had, they had one baby being born. Yeah, and they're like, "There's nobody here." And then everybody the next in a couple days. It was pretty funny. Yeah, both of my boys were full moon. Yeah, people say that, and I think 
there were like a couple weeks prior, there was a full, I don't know how many weeks apart they were, but I was like, I was like, maybe she'll cup, but she didn't. But yeah, it's kind of funny. And there's your rainbow. Yeah. And she's here. Amazing. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Wow. Is there anything else through this journey um, that you've thought or learned or experienced that you want to share with the people listening today? Um, I think that it was important for me and I, I think that it would be for other people listening to kind of find the way that you can express your grief or express your like, um, just like your anxieties for pregnancy after loss, like just finding like this, the way to do it for me was helpful. Um, I just joined, like I listened to this podcast and I followed a lot of other people on Instagram and just kind of like participated in the conversation. I think, you know, being vocal about it, even if it was just online um, with, with other people that had experienced the same thing. Um, that was, I think the, the biggest part for me and it was easier to grow in it when you could feel comfortable in a space where people had experienced the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I had like on my due date, my original due date for the first, first pregnancy. That was how I, um, I first donated to your podcast. That was like my, one of my goals was to donate to three different, um, places. So one of them was just like, um, just like a normal, like charity that I had donated to before, but I just Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of like, it should have been a happy day and I didn't want it to be a sad day. So I wanted Uh, to kind of pass it on. Yeah. Like that was really helpful for me too. Like I wanted it to be like, if there were a baby here, it would be a happy day and there would be like joy, you know, in the world that day. So that's how I kind of did that. And it actually, one of my friends donated in the, in, in not in, we didn't name the baby, but in the baby's name. And then that started it for me because she had remembered the due date. Oh, yeah. And then, so I did it and then I posted about the things that I had donated to in like the little, you know, in the forums that I follow and on my Instagram and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that was for me, like finding the way that it like felt like finding a way to feel good and sharing, I think was, was the best part for me. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast too, even though it was scary. (laughs) yes and thank you so much for taking the time to do it and being brave (laughs) thank you for doing it it's so nice to have something like this and I'm so glad that that um, it exists and it's there for everybody hey you stay connected find us on instagram at managing miscarriage on facebook at miscarriage nonprofit and don't forget to download the free e-guide on our website managingmiscarriage.com. Please rate and review this podcast to help other women find us and consider sharing your story. Hang in there, mama.